five, four, three, two, fun. Welcome to another episode of the Ready Set Home Podcast, your premier podcast for everything to do with the Vancouver Titans and the Toronto Defiant. I am Chris Setlightful. The voice coming to you from a very, very warm West Coast condo. Joined virtually as Omni by Omni at Omni Strife. Welcome, Omni. Hello, hello. What a week it has been. It's Tuesday. It's been a week? I mean, in Overwatch League. Yeah. <sighs> Well, it'd be more like a, I guess, the week that was weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. I mean, I guess that means we're going to have a solid fray today. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. On, on other note, I got my first uh, jab for the COVID. Oh, cool! You got your upgrade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got the Moderna kind. Oh, I got yeah. Pfizer. So I mean, yeah. it's both mRNA, and I am of the belief the first one available to you is the one that is best. But yeah, unless it's AstraZeneca. <laughs> Well, but, <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to knock it. I mean, know there are some out there that, that got it. it. It it's just that the side effects that AstraZeneca has been experiencing have been showcased more, yeah. and you know there is some uncertainty and some unknown. Yeah, but in the sort of pers- perspective like, of of some day to day stuff and activities that we we perform that have side effects and other healthcare activities. That's true. I mean, yeah. yeah, it's still better than not getting the shot, but the efficacy is like not like the two good ones. Well, no, and but after the first, you're right. I mean, the, the efficacy <coughs> after the first shot tends to be a little bit lower with AstraZeneca. But uh, I was reading um, a uh, paper that uh, suggested the mixing of AstraZeneca and a Pfizer or Moderna or whomever um, actually boosts the efficacy higher than like two MRNAs hmm, sort of in that, that route. And I, this is based on the uh, studies that have been performed in the United Kingdom where, I mean, they were pumping out AstraZeneca, uh, you know, domestically. So anyhow, yeah. I mean, obviously we are not clinical <laughs> epidemiologists. Far from it. Uh, doctors. I mean, I stayed in a holiday in express once and I'm told that that imbues some level of, of knowledge and what have you, but <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah. just glad you got your, your first, yeah, your wife it, already got hers, right? Right. She, she gets her second soon. She got hers really early yeah, because of the medical field and all that. But yeah, it's been fine. Like my, my arm hurt for like a day and a half, mm-hmm. but other than that, I'm feeling like perfectly fine. That's good. Yeah. I mean, I had the, the sore shoulder for about an and a half. I, what really hit me, it was, I was tired, mm. like, almost exhausted. And then, oh, yeah. it, you know, a couple of days after I just sort of felt a little worn down, kind of like, you know, how you, when you get the flu or you get yeah, sick yeah, yeah. and there's that, you feel fine. But when you, you recover quickly, but you still have those pre, yeah. Pre flu uh, symptoms. Yeah. Yeah. I gotcha. Yeah. That's sort of how I felt, but uh, again, Fair trade. I'm more than happy to get vaccinated. I uh, I can't wait for my my second one. I was uh, I logged into the uh, BC Health Gateway, and it gave me an estimate of uh, uh, July five. So hmm. hoping it uh, it'll be sooner than that. But I can also wait. Cool, cool. Speaking of uh, sooner than that, uh, it's uh, hopefully going to be sooner than later that the Vancouver Titans find a way to get a win on the board mm-hmm. and obviously sooner than later that the Toronto defiant to have a, a healthy bench again. I mean, we're, we'll get into sort of what the weekend that was for the, the two teams we, we support. Uh, and uh, it does bode to be an interesting weekend of overwatch going into really the final play in round or um, round Robin round. I mean, I can't remember what the technical term is for each of these uh, four tournaments, but the June Joe's playoffs will be set by Saturday. Right. So do I do look forward to to all of that. So you know what? Let's uh let's just start talking Overwatch and uh, push the payload. Let's go. Moving the payload. Join me. Normally when we jump into the payload or we jump into the fray, we 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 talk about sort of the weekend that was and then we get into player changes. But I, I think it would be important 
that to suggest that both the Vancouver Titans and the Toronto Defiant had some player adjustments because it, it plays into their performances. So the Changsik rumor was no longer a rumor. Changsik was officially announced by the Vancouver Titans in a video that uh, you have to click play to actually see. Um, otherwise, if you just read the tweet and see the first screen of the video, it's them uh, playing with the uh, Halo of Thoughts, Aaron, or Halo as he's as known. Uh, because uh, Halo had uh, released that rumor that Changsik was going to be joining the Titans. And then uh, when we recorded our last episode, I mean, we knew it was sort of a sure thing. And especially when we saw the Shredlock uh, retirement, but uh, that was confirmed. Uh, the uh, other news, though, that's, I'm not going to say it caught us completely by surprise, but it was definitely a, an interesting development is that the Toronto Defiant picked up Aspire, uh, formerly of the American Tornado, on a, a 30-day contract. And that was to uh, supplement their bench because of the fact that uh, three people within the organization, again, are, are had tested positive for, for COVID-19. And based on the fact that Aspire played, um, you can probably figure out who... Yeah, uh, happened to to be ill, and again, I just want to reiterate, the focus needs to be on 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 getting these kids well. And I know the Defiant are are doing just that, but they moved mountains as an organization. They brought Aspire in uh, so that they could play. Uh, like Adam had actually alluded to it on on Twitter, how um, you know a number of people within the organization, uh, Eric and Scarlet, and that they moved mountains to to make this happen. So so you know, well done. Um, obviously if the Defiant had not played, I think people would have understood. Yeah. But Chang Sik, let's talk a little bit about him momentarily. Um, hasn't played in two years and I will get into the matches. I, I can't say it necessarily hurt him significantly considering the performance we saw from the team. Um, but it definitely didn't help that he hadn't played competitively. Uh, whereas with Aspire, um, this kid, if he's on a 30 day, I hope <laughs> gets a, a full ride because um, he has this, this ability to click heads in a way that uh, only few can. Yeah, I agree. It kind of reminds me of uh how shockwave appeared mm -hmm. on the scene out of nowhere yeah. and, and going toe to toe with like the best that the overwatch league has to offer. So he's definitely in it for the long run, unless he like finally falls off a cliff with his gameplay, which I'm, I'm pretty sure that's not going to happen. He really, uh, was, uh, the, the one positive theme from, you know, this unfortunate situation that the define had found themselves in. Yeah. So talking about the matches themselves, uh, the Vancouver Titans kicked things off on uh, the weekend against the, the Los Angeles Gladiators. And we said it was going to be a, a tough fight. I had given the Titans a match, um, a map. or a map, sorry, yeah. a map, not a match, a map, uh, believing that, you know, they, they seem to be able to go in and close out um, one. Yeah. They didn't look so good against the Gladiators. And if there was positive sort of to take overall is that Changsik in sliding in for Shredlock didn't seem to be hurting the team, but I can't tell you that I saw much of an improvement. Now, what would be fair to also suggest is that if that's him rusty and on ping, then it bodes well long-term, but in, in the short term, we saw the Vancouver Titans playing what I would call a very confused meta. Yeah, I also wanted to, like, uh, when I took the notes and I rewatched this game, I think, like, a lot of the problems came from the meta. And Changsik, uh, you can tell that there's no, like, proper uh, synergy with the team like like uh, Shredlock used to have. I know mm -hmm. we didn't, like, uh, Vancouver did not perform greatly and did not win a, a game before, but it, it seemed even more discombobulated. And and the game against Gladiators, I did expect it to be one-sided. I actually think this game was, well, I don't think it's a hot take that this game was better for the Titans than the other one that they played. But from the get-go, like when they um, banned Dalton from playing in this hero pool, I guess, maybe that was an issue with, with uh, Lingzer and Teru. Uh, there was not a lot of, of, of synergy that I saw there. 
Uh, Ilios, to be honest, at the start wasn't uh, too one-sided. I think uh, gladiators were also like kind of testing the waters and mm-hmm. and looking at what they were dealing with. Um, but they just had cleaner execution at all plays, even when we were like up in our capture on Ilios maps, it didn't really matter. Also, I think like bird ring on McCree uh, might've been a better strat, just putting so much pressure on the echo. And, and yeah, that this Ilios map, you know, I, I didn't come off it thinking, well, this is going to be a disaster. It was what it was, but then in, in uh, uh, Junker town, it did feel a bit more one-sided this, this time. Like the Teru was on Reaper. Lingzer was okay on the Hanzo at some point, but, but, I feel like the big gap in here, and we did discuss like the the, the Changsik insert. Maybe that's part of it, but I feel like the biggest gap was with the support lines. Uh, we were just like getting constantly destroyed, skewed on 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 Brig, and that and, and that Brig and Baptiste uh, uh, duo just generally looked so much better than our Lucio and Moira strat. I don't know why it took them uh, so long to kind of adapt, and I think the 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 adjustments that they they, uh, they had done were too little too late. Uh, one <laughs> glowing positive, though, everybody talked about it, was that 6K by okay. Teru. So, that was spicy. Very so, Huxal-esque. Like, but that's the thing. Like, And you think about that moment on Junkertown. It is a lost team fight. Like, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's lost team fight. You could double shield, and Lamp gets popped the moment Teru decides to go and pop Q mm-hmm. as Genji. But it's almost like the gladiators were Wisco Tango, Tango Foxtrotting, like, and what he's committing this, and they backed out of Lamp. Um, and so he comes through, gets like 2K right away, ends up getting the third, fourth, and then he ends up smacking, uh, I think it was. The last one was the sixth one was the bird ring on the, on the uh, widow. Yeah, the, it was bird ring on widow. I, I was thinking it was a widow. I was pretty sure it was widow. Uh, and. It, what's interesting about this is that at that point, everyone else from the Titans, they're coming back from spawn and here's true. Just, you know, right. Just payload, standing like, there. <laughs> like, well, I got, I got everyone guys. What do you want yeah, me to do? It's I, the, the perfect lightning in a bottle moment. I I think if you play it out like 10 times more, you, you won't get an outcome that good. Yeah, it was, it was unbelievable. And, and I, you know what, to your point where on Ilios, it was a lot, maybe closer. Like the Titans did look competitive they looked competitive on on junker town and okay i i'm 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 hedging my bet here because i was going to say it looks so competitive on hanamer but no i think they did it's just the los angeles gladiators look like the superior team like throughout yeah, this this match it, it was the gladiators were going to win but the titans were were stepping up to the challenge and showing that they had a little maybe gas in the tank um, to expend the strats though. This is where sort of the confused meta, we're going to talk a little bit more about it when we get into the, the Atlanta rain match, but I don't understand what the Vancouver Titans are, are looking to do with a rush meta, but play it portion, a portion of it on as dive. Like you look at this rush meta that's being played and teams are pocketing themselves uh, whereas you have Changsik diving in as, as Winston into essentially a theory of death with a uh, Rolf on Moira throwing a yellow ball of hope, maybe. Yeah. Um, you had Taru diving in as often as Echo, and that was problematic. Um, but then in in some cases where the Vancouver Titans could get an advantage, like Linkser gets a pick, they're just then also playing passive. So where Did they they're playing play the, the Mercy in this match? I don't think so. On Hanamura? Yeah. No, they they all they they pretty much played anytime they played their rush comp was Moira Lucio. Mm-hmm. But the problem is that they they were playing it like dive. Yeah. And so there was no no real way to support uh you know Changsik when he he goes in or um Taru, but it almost created a cascade where they would dive and then suddenly you'd have, you know, fried thinking maybe he had to go and support. Like it was, it started stretching. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, time and time again, uh, the last one standing was fried who then got bullied as, as uh, many diva. It just, it felt confused. Yep. I definitely agree. Um, and, 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 and like, it, not only that, uh, sorry, it's just that, 
it not it wasn't only confused on our on our end, but it felt like oh, the uh, gladiators were like. Yeah, they're confused. Let's go in. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I was going to say, it didn't help in Hanamura that they then bring Moth in. And Moth is just this calming force of heals. Like, you know, I, if you look at the statistics, actually speaking of support, um, the Vancouver Titans aren't, they're not bottom tier support based on per 10 performance. Um, but it's, I think, more out of necessity as to how much damage they absorb. And if I, they were playing an aggressive style, I think we would probably be, as as fans, more accommodating to that than sort of this very passive style where all they seem to do is just absorb damage but get no ground. It's like a war of attrition yeah. where they don't wish to actually push forward there's just no reward coming from all that healing right every, exactly. every time you sometimes you get those uh game you play those games and obviously we're not like a comparison but we play the same game maybe it's not even the same game but sometimes you you heal your brains out and it doesn't even matter and and that's kind of like how it feels with the titans right now mm-hmm. agreed so the Vancouver Titans lose 3-0 to the, the Glads. And, you know, if you had been listening to last week's show, you knew that this was likely going to, to be the case. Yeah, we're optimistic with a 3-1 uh, position. <laughs> exactly. Um, but we told you uh, that the uh, the Vancouver Titans could potentially get you breadsticks on uh, their second match. So before we <laughs> get there, let's talk about the two matches that the Toronto Defiant oh, had. We got a famine <laughs> So the Toronto Defiant uh, faced off uh, to against the San Francisco Shock going into the, the weekend, and and again our, on our show here we had said this is going to be a, this is going to be a tough fight. Uh, the Shock are are going to come in a little bit angry, looking to to prove uh, the the May melee result as being not indicative of yeah. uh, their overall performance. And arguably, the Toronto Defiant were like, "That's cool and all, but we're good too." And, and yeah. That first map on Oasis, I felt Toronto was, it was like two heavyweight boxers just throwing haymakers. The Shock, while they won 2-0, I felt Toronto, you know, performed. It's, it it just felt to me that they they came to play. And, and we we actually saw this happen subsequently on, on Junkertown. Um, but, uh, you know, what, what were your thoughts? I mean, it, yeah. it felt to me Toronto had a chance here. It, it it was kind of a seesaw in, in Oasis. Uh, it, it felt like, oh, here we go. Toronto is actually beating them. And they started out so strong in university. Mm-hmm. I think they went up like at, to 90% with San Francisco just being on, on zero. And it, it, Toronto kept on like almost winning fights. It seemed like, oh, here's a pick. Oh, the tank is down for San Francisco. And they kind of clutched it out all the time in, in that university map. And, and I feel like it was super long and super exhausting and maybe demoralizing for Toronto. And then when they came out on Gardens, it, it looked like the Shock were, were the stronger team. And they kind of took that 1-0 uh, 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 lead on them. And I feel like maybe if they had one university kind of when it could have gone uh differently i think it's a fair thing to say for toronto that they are kind of volatile looking at both of their games and it, it seems like they rely a lot of mo- on momentum and if 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 they like lose a very close uh fight more likely than than not it will affect their mentality going forward and i feel like that's what happened against uh shock and uh, the junker town though like it looks it looks as it looks really good at the beginning for Toronto Toronto's defense because they just stopped a lot of attacks, right? Regardless mm-hmm. of what they tried to do, and, and and Nero did play well on this map. I think he came out on. Um, did he? Was he playing in that first map? Doesn't matter. Anyways, they, Nero, they Nero was playing on on Oasis. Yeah, it was Nero striker, and then uh, oh, I know, think he played actually was... all, all maps, and then. Um, I think they brought in uh, Glister at the end. Yeah, Glister came in with Junker too. Uh, but they just hold and they 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 keep on holding in this map and then like w- the wind suddenly looks closer than ever and and the spire at this point 
that's when like everybody saw like oh this guy is really going crazy on the widow okay. and he was playing he had those crazy sidelines he went so far deep and and he was punishing them well that that one pick where again if you did not see this match and you did not see this highlight you need to go and watch it yeah. so uh aspire is on attack sort of standing behind house he goes and grapples up so he's shooting straight up glister who's trying to get an angle going back up to sort of spawn platform uh grapples so aspire you can see is tracking for glister sees glister oh, moves awesome. slightly to the right and to get ascent again your widow is starting to grapple and move so he moves and then in the moment he's on glister's head he slows down and click boom so you have essentially one player aspire going on the vertical axis and another player in glister going on the horizontal axis at the same time and aspires just sitting there eating popcorn drinking yeah. mountain dew clicking his head it was unbelievable the, the league should inspect this computer to see if there's there are any shenanigans there <laughs> well in like i saw when you watch it in slow-mo you can actually see the mouse slow down. Yeah, it's like great shot, fast track, and then slow. It's it, it just I, the perfect flick. Yeah, the movement. It was just unbelievable. I mean, I get those types of shots <laughs> by mistake. Yeah. Well, like, and that's that's not because I'm I'm flicking. It's because I sneezed and I hit the mouse and the button <laughs> at the same time, and someone jumped in front of my sight line. Yeah, the cat jumped on the on the mouse pad. Yeah. But this is where I then felt like, oh my goodness, Toronto, Toronto's got San Francisco a little bit shook here. Yeah. They they took them, took it to them. And you know, I don't think many people gave this sort of um defiant roster uh, a chance. They obviously, you know, with Aspire coming in, we're going to see some chemistry issues. I mean, who knows how, how much time they'd spent, you know, scrimming and practicing and setting up. It was just more let's get six and go. But uh, Junkertown shows us that they're they're ready to compete. Unfortunately, uh, San Francisco Shock are who they are, and when we get to Hanamura, they've settled down. Mm-hmm. Hanamura was had a weird beginning. There was a pseudo uh, C nine for uh, like in the favor of Toronto, where the fight was happening outside of the choke, and I think there was the echo in the back, and the fighting was happening elsewhere. And Toronto kind of had a huge time ban going into second, like above five five uh, minutes. And it, it was one of those matches where it, it, it was kind of detrimental to have that big of a time bank. And mm-hmm. San Francisco just stabilized like a rock there. Nice. He had a good game. Uh, he had like a nice uh, push when he uh, duplicated Sigma. But every time it seemed like, oh, here we go. Here we're going to cap it. San Francisco Shock, they kind of used the magic power of, of 2CP to hold, and nothing worked. Nothing worked. Uh, unfortunate map. Again, maybe it could have it had a, a different outcome. But when Toronto went on, on defense, uh, they just, you know, crapped the bed, and Violet just gets mercy with the coalescence somehow, and the point was taken, and, and yeah. they just went in hard on, on like, point B, and it, it's just like that it's 2-1 yeah and that takes us into hollywood where i feel at this point toronto had it had put everything they could into this match and had nothing left to draw upon and that's that happens again here is a team that's gone through a rough patch in regards to health they've had adjustments to their roster uh and it just felt a little less coordinated but um almost loose if I could describe it that way a little some freelancing going on that lack of coordination mistakes I think the first play was the greatest example of what this map was when the the first like significant play where there was a point where uh, Smurf just on Arista just walks up to Lastro on the point and kills him with no resistance Mm. and it was like okay well, I mean, it's, it's Smurf. <laughs> yeah, he is smurfing. That's true. <laughs> uh, but unfortunately for the Toronto Defiant, they do fall to the Shock 3-1. Um, Shock obviously looking to prove a point. Toronto looking to prove a 
point themselves. Unfortunately, all they got was one to cap a point. Maybe <laughs> didn't yeah. work. So that takes us to another tough match to, to be going into. And this is against the, uh, the Houston outlaws. Now, when I look at what the Toronto defiant did against the San Francisco shock, I saw them, you know, go to toe, toe to toe with a heavyweight, but then I go and see them face off against the, the Houston outlaws. And while they did lose three, one, and they got that first map on Li Zhang, mm-hmm. that's all they got. Like it was, it was as if Toronto actually, I don't even, I don't even know how to describe it. Oh, yeah. And it was so weird where that first map, it felt like it was going to be uh, again, another one of these sort of heavyweight toe to toe matches. Yeah. And then, and they just couldn't put anything together. Yeah, and Lee Jung, it was very map dependent, I guess. They there were a lot of switches, and there are usually a lot of switches in Lee Jung since all the maps are so different. Like Toronto, they tried to do like the double shield and it didn't work. Uh Houston kind of melted that, but but Crimson was also very good in that map. Toronto did uh recap in OT and, and kind of like Houston won that map regardless. In Tower, they didn't make a good adjust uh, adjustment, I think. They went like this very thick composition of the Bat McCree, Orissa, and Reaper. It looked better, but Houston recapped and then Toronto bullied them back off the point and then it it worked because in uh in the market phase they were able to play the sim doomfist and it's just like a better composition but then like you said the other map subsequent like i think that the second one was uh rialto yeah rialto uh, toronto started on defense and it looks fine at first and dante has the Jake pocket kind of like maybe a superpower <laughs> and mm-hmm. it, it was too much for them to handle and they lost one and then two was a weird uh, uh, C9 where they uh, it seemed like they were winning the fight. They were getting the picks uh, and they were literally fighting on the card. But some some point there was maybe a lapse of of of, of being concentrated on, on, on the map and the card just rolls into two. And that's where I bring back the point of them like losing their mental and Houston. They had three minutes to go and they just you know, went in hard towards the full cap. And then when, you know, the the initial pushes on, on the other uh, push, was it for uh, Toronto to, to push, uh, it, it looked fine. Like Outlaws, they looked pretty good on the initial defense. And Aspire had like some good plays on the Hanzo. And there was even a point where two fluxes were used and it seemed like, oh, they're going to get the the um the the first point under the bridge but but happy just kept on flanking and doing the same mm-hmm. thing and the same thing and it always seemed to work and they never adjusted and they lost the map because of that yeah the mental sort of boom that might have occurred on rialto was almost proven on Volskaya. Oh, do we need to talk about Volskaya? that was like some uh titans versus atlanta type of game yeah i uh... I mean, it, when I was watching this, it was, I don't even know how to describe it. They it, just got slapped in the face. Yeah, it wasn't, there was, there was no resistance. And I don't know if, if it was that whatever the plan was went you know, out the window and there wasn't a plan B or uh, maybe someone had unplugged their mics and the comms shut down. Like I, I yeah. I think that was uh, Mike Tyson who said everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face and that's kind of in the jaw and that's kind of what happened. Um, But then, you know, we get into Numbani. Numbani was a little bit better. Uh, But, you know, the defense at start, it looked about as bad as Volskaya on the first uh, point. Like Sato was focused down easily and they just succumbed to the super agile. They had such a bad composition against uh, um, this super fast um Winston Diva Echo composition by the Outlaws. Plus they had the the Lucio Mora against Bap Mercy and they just couldn't keep up with the speed. And mm-hmm. when the card started moving, it felt like it was going downhill. And then Houston is super aggressive. They finally were able to kind of slow down. There were a whole four minutes to go uh when the card was already approaching the final stretch. And Toronto had kind of stabilized again and they won two fights i think in a row before uh the last fight where there was a full cap but you know the third time like i said uh uh they couldn't hold it happy was locked in and they got 
you know, point three, they had two minutes in the bank. And when it was Toronto's um, turn to attack, uh, they had mirror comms. They didn't like think to utilize some something more speedy, uh, like like uh, um, you know uh, Houston were doing, and it didn't work. Piggy, Dreamer, Dante, they they all had just a better game, and they full hold, and you know a very uh, I don't know a, a good a good uh, example of what went wrong was in in that fight of just fully holding Toronto. It, it felt like they couldn't win and they just didn't believe that there was a possibility for them to win this map. Yeah. The struggle here though is that in losing these two matches, um the Toronto Defiant have put themselves in a position where they are most likely out of the the June Joes. Yeah. Um I don't believe it's a guarantee I and mean, strange things have happened at a case on point last weekend. Um, but uh, with the record that they now have, it's, it's unfortunate. Not a good start. No, the uh, Vancouver Titans though, followed up that uh, relatively quick match against the, uh, or the defiant uh, match against <laughs> I, the Outlaws. I see where you're going with this. And I, I think, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to go and say with, with hundred percent certainty, but it's almost like the Titans came out and said, you think that one was fast? Yeah. Um, this, this was bad. I mean, okay. To put into perspective, if for some reason you either one, you don't watch the Vancouver Titans or two, you happen to miss this match at the end of the show, Custa was calling out the players and he's since walked that back saying he meant to sort of call out the organization, but the accusations that the players weren't trying were, were levied because it looked brutal and it doesn't help. And, and again, this is where sort of perspective comes into play. You look at how some of the players were reacting uh, on camera. The Vancouver Titans are getting smacked around by, by the Atlanta rain and you've got fire just, you know, laughing away. Um, you've got fried just, laughing away yeah. you've got rolf who looks pretty serious you've got taru looks pretty serious you got linkser who looks like he is in pain but when you're losing that badly the laughing part i'm not going to actually knock it because i sort of perceive where it's like oh my god this is so bad it's so brutal it's funny yeah. i mean what, right? what like, can you do really yeah i'm not gonna i'm not gonna sort of focus into in, into that as being an issue but it, it's not good from a, a perception when you're as a fan watching this like well you think wouldn't you be angry about this wouldn't you be showing emotion other than sort of laughing but let's let's talk a little bit about this match because that's really all there is is to talk a little bit about it yeah the confused meta if 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 you don't understand what we we mean by that watch this match it's going to take about maybe an hour of your time in fact fast forward just watch it on two times speed the vancouver titans did not seem to have any plan or if they had a plan it was like they had two plans it's like a portion of the team was playing dive another portion of the team was playing rush and neither of those sides were really talking to each other and the Atlanta rain simply said, okay, well, those of you playing dive, come on, dive on us. We'll, we'll yeah. take you out. Well, then once we've got the advantage, we'll take out those that are playing rush, but see, now we're going to have this trickle because that's what the Titans seem to do. They, they essentially wouldn't necessarily regroup or if they did regroup the dive folks, they went back at it. <laughs> and it's like, I could maybe understand if they were trying to use some form of flank as opposed to dive to, to split the rain up at the rain. are like, no, man, we ain't going to play those games. Hmm. Like, am, am I wrong here? Uh, you're absolutely right. This game started really bad and just, you know, went worse and worse. It was kind of disgusting. Uh, nowhere near as, as, you know, decent as they, they had played uh, the gladiators before that. So I'm, I'm not really sure what was going on. They started playing, you know, the the Lingzer, uh, the Lingzer on Reaper again, and and the Atlanta's uh, Korean soldier comp, uh, comp, uh, composition. You know, it was way more effective for the Reaper Echo dive, and I, and I get that, but every fight was so quick and easy for for Atlanta, and there were a bunch of things that Vancouver tried with a ball and the Genji. 
and it just didn't work. And and then village map, it felt even worse to be honest. Like there was no chance. Usually, even in like those three zeros, you, you at least like win a map. You you get like sixty percent of the point. You get something. And it was just nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing. Like those games you get in in comp in uh, competitive, where you just turn off the game and don't touch it for a week. That's that, kind of that like, was <laughs> that was an example of that. That was probably the most one sided game I have ever seen in the Overwatch League, including you know the stomps that the Titans, uh, uh, you know, uh, gave their opposition like in early season two. It was pretty nasty. Like Dorado again. Oh no! Fights one C nines all over the place. Just a collapse on defense. Kai was just clicking and clicking and clicking on on, on the final uh, push. And when Vancouver's uh, time to attack was you know was, when it was their time to attack, Kai was still clicking and he wasn't really contested. So they couldn't even cap uh, uh, the first point. It was just like a bad two zero. Well, watching watching Kai in this match. I mean, again, his per- perception, he looked like he was bored. I'm just going to sit back here. Wouldn't I'm going to click heads. <laughs> well, sure. I mean, the Vancouver Titans weren't challenging him. Like here, they're, half of them are playing dive, but the yeah. problem is, is they aren't, they aren't diving Kai. Uh, Linkser is, is doing his darndest. Um, but you've, you've got essentially in, in many cases, double shield. Uh, so Linkser's having to go and flank. I, it, it it just felt so awkward, but Toronto, oh. like, I mean, Nepal was bad where the Vancouver Titans got 11% on the, on, on the first map. And that was it. Dorado was like, Oh my goodness, what the heck's going on? And then we get to Anubis and yeah. it's like, Oh yeah. <laughs> Van- like, I wrote when I was watching the game, I wrote, uh, Vancouver does not want to play defense. So I don't want to take informative notes anymore. Yeah, it was, you know, it was more of the same. And, and, if you happen to be in Titans court, RSP court, you're on social media, you know, RCA, wherever, a lot of the conversation has been about what's going wrong. And I, I have to wonder, I genuinely have to wonder, is there possibly a coaching issue at play? And I don't mean that Flubby, Pew, or, or Justin are a problem, but what I'm having to ask is, are the plans that they're putting in place for these, these individuals? Yeah. The, the issue like yeah i think the term yeah. from uh, both sports is uh the coach lost his players he lost the locker room right well i don't even know if they've lost the locker room like if that okay see this is the thing is that i can't imagine the players are saying here are the heroes we're going to pick and here's the gameplay that we're or the game plan we're going to put into uh, action like it it is so coordinated and it's 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 so apparent against the rain where you have two almost like team a and team b where you have one team playing dive one team playing rush not really playing together so if you're a coach and you see this on nepal because it was apparent right from the get-go do you not go and take out moments say guys pick one. like if it's if both are at play pick one which one do you want to play okay great or do you not have that shot caller like was shred that shot caller and his departure and chanks it coming in means they're back to this position where they don't have a shot caller again. Yeah. Like I, I, I don't know if that's the case, but you, you, you see this map after map after map. And if you recall, um, when we had a chance to speak to Justin, he had talked about how last season that they had had a misread of the meta. Um, and as a result, didn't have the personnel to accommodate that shift. It was just one they had not planned for. So I floated the idea, is that possible that that's what happened here within Heroes is they've misread the meta and, and what they have available to them? Or is it that they felt that this sort of half-dive, half-rush comp that they're trying to roll out would work? I mean, they're not the only team rolling out this this rush comp. Yeah. But you know, they're, I would say, the one team who has yet to figure it out. And again, this, this in my mind, this comes to coaching. Yeah, yeah, I, I think you're right. There's definitely, like... When things go this bad, it can't just be one thing. If this proceeds, like if they can, and I know this week is not the schedule, um, this upcoming schedule is not giving them any favors, but but like there must be way more than what we know. Maybe there's a, again like problems with the organization. I'm completely speculating in here. Obviously, we don't know anything. We're not getting any sources or rumors, but this is like. This is bad. Well, 
we, we've been talking about how Linkser's been playing, and you had sort of mentioned earlier on that Dalton had been sort of yeah. Why, why wouldn't you like Fulham. try at least? Well, to bring him in, if Dalton had shared on Sunday in a stream that he was sick. Okay, so I will qualify a lot of what we said could be where they had Dalton in the mix, and the last minute he wasn't feeling well, and Linkser had to slide in, and that sort of threw things askew. I mean, we don't know because we're not on the inside, but it's just so surreal that the performance we saw against the Atlanta rain was so bad. I know, you know there are those that would say, I saw some positives and that's good. Look for the positives. I don't know what positive to take from this match. There's always going to be that one stinker every so often, like every team gets them. Yeah. But the Denver Titans, unfortunately hey, have had a large number of them. They had one uh, team fight just one throughout the entire match. I believe we had more uh, fights won against Toronto Alpha Flight. <laughs> the team RSP. Yeah, we played better. Yeah, it was, it was, the beatdown was, was bad. And, you know, looking ahead at the schedule, the Vancouver Titans take on the San Francisco Shock at 1.30 p.m. Pacific, uh, 4.30 p.m. Eastern. And then they follow that up on Saturday against the Dallas Field, 1.30 p.m. Pacific, oh 4.30 Eastern. And I view that as a 3-0-3-0. Can it get any worse than this? I don't know. Maybe. Well, and if you're the Vancouver Titans who need to come out and prove a point, like if, if this is this match, let's say it's a wake up. It's like, yeah, we just, we need to go and improve a point, show that we're, we're in this. We're going to, we're going to take this and, and have some emotion. I'm all for it. Yeah. I don't play against the San Francisco shock. And I don't like, it is it is a tough weekend to have yeah. to be going in to prove a point. Just make it at least a competitive 3 0, right? <laughs> well it can be. It can be a better it, it can yeah, be. Better I mean, yeah, I guess you know, when we have seen the Vancouver Titans have those competitive three O's where uh, maybe a, a team fight or two doesn't go their way or they're in it right to the end. It, it can't be anything like what we saw against the Atlanta Rain, and no. I don't care how strong the shock yeah. or the fuel happen to be. Uh, something I forgot to mention. I saw a wonderful uh, comment on YouTube by a guy named Jared Scott. He pl- he wrote, "Once again, Titans get their wieners fried." <laughs> oh, it happens. Uh, if you hadn't seen the latest video from the Titans, they were at a Pizza Hut making pizzas, and I was disappointed <laughs> that we did not see uh, a pizza from Fried Wiener with a hot dog on it. <laughs> Just saying. Um, anyhow. 3030, that's what I'm going to put in my pickums for the Vancouver Titans. They are losing both. And that, Me that, too. I mean, again, their their record as it stands right now, they are they are out of uh, the June just. They're going to get another uh, uh, period of time off. Um, sure, stranger things have happened, and maybe if they do win and they win big, it's possible. But no, nah, I mean, it's it is unfortunately a, a done deal. Uh, and, you know, some defiant news, and this is more on the, uh, the merch side of things, uh, the Toronto defiant announced that, that, uh, they have essentially turned on free shipping for those of you in Canada, uh, to pick up, uh, some, some defiant merch. Uh, if you happen to live outside of Canada, either U S or internationally, they've worked to ensure lower international shipping rates and fees. Uh, so if there was ever an opportunity to go and put on some of the defiant uh, threads, now is it. And they've got like this deal where you can get one of their jerseys for 50 bucks, either the home or the away. That's pretty good. Um, it's, it's like in perspective, in competitive sports, getting a jersey for, for 50 bucks is unheard of. 50 Canadian uh, getting free shipping on that as well. Equally unheard of, but uh, you know, good on the defiant for continuing to find ways to, to get their merch in the hands of, of others. I uh, can't say the same about the Vancouver Titans. They still don't have merch available. You want a Titans Jersey. You can't get one. It is so surreal. Like you can't even get one off of uh, fanatics right now. I don't know what's worse this situation or the fact that I'm not like surprised in the slightest. Well, again, we don't know what's going on uh, logistically when it comes to merch. Obviously the overwatch league shifted so that it went to the teams, but it's, it is just weird. Like the Vancouver Titans, have a have an experience with merch with the Vancouver Canucks, the Vancouver Warriors. Like they have a merch store. They have an online um, store called Vanbase. Like I would imagine there's some people who can make things happen, but it's just again weird that they have yet 
to to offer up jerseys for sale. And the best that they've been able to provide in Titans Court is to progress is soon, which in the grand scheme of things with the Vancouver Titans, soon is equivalent to the uh, Overwatch uh, devs scene soon. Mm-hmm. But uh, we're going to take ourselves a short break and then uh, find ourselves diving into the fray. Last episode, we started off by talking about all sorts of crazy things that took place in, uh, in the Overwatch uh, League uh, week that was. Uh, arguably, things settled down uh, this this past weekend, but uh, let's sort of quickly recap the matches. Dallas Field kicked off the, the weekend beating the London Spitfire 3-0. Predictable Los Angeles Gladiators, as we already know, beat the Vancouver Titans 3-0. Again, we sort of suggest that would be the case. The Shanghai Dragons beat the Los Angeles Valiant 3-0. Yeah, Seoul Dynasty beat the New York Excelsior 3-1. Houston Outlaws beat the London Spitfire 3-0. San Francisco Shock, as we already know, beat the Defiant 3-1. Los Angeles Gladiators beat the Rain 3-1. The Excelsior beat the Valiant 3-0. Dragons beat the Dynasty 3-1. Outlaws beat the Defiant 3-1. Rain beat the Titans 3-0. And the Shock beat the Fuel 3-1. There wasn't a close match to be had. Nope. And and no real upsets here. I mean, there are some that might suggest the gladiators beating the rain was an upset, um, but I, I, I don't feel that it is. Yeah. So, some could say that the shock beating Dallas might be an upset. I, I would. Also well, agree. after, after May, yeah. sure. And, and you know, Pine's not yet playing. He is, uh, doesn't have his visa yet, but still, but I, I mean, agree. Nothing here is like, Oh, how did this happen? Yeah. It, it went sort of as scripted, uh, but looking ahead to the current uh, weekend, um, things could become a little interesting. So kicking the weekend off on Thursday. So again, because uh, we have to have the playoff settled by Saturday, uh, it starts a day earlier this week. Thursday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern is the Boston Uprising Paris Eternal, uh, followed by the Dallas Field, Florida Mayhem at uh, 1.30 p.m. Pacific, 4.30 Eastern. Fast forward to the wee hours of the morning, 2 a.m. Pacific, 5 a.m. Eastern, Friday. Guangzhou Charge take on the Philadelphia Fusion, followed by the Chengdu Hunters, Seoul Dynasty at 3.30 a.m. Pacific, 6.30 Eastern. And then at 5 a.m. Pacific or 8 Eastern, the Valiant take on the Spark. We then fast forward to noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, when the Boston Uprising take on the Los Angeles Gladiators, followed by the match we had already set up as being a SmackDown, the San Francisco Shock beating the Living Daylights out of the Vancouver Titans. (laughs) And then we get to see what's ever going on in Washington at 3 p.m. Pacific, uh, 6 p.m. Eastern, when the Florida Mayhem take them on. Uh, And I I look at I want to watch this match because, again, like considering how the Justice performed, you know, two weeks ago. Mm Mm-hmm. Is that was that just a bad weekend, or is there there more going on? Because <laughs> if you if you took last that weekend out, I would have said the Justice are going to beat the Mayhem here. Now I have no, no yeah, win. they're the underdogs going in. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, Saturday, two a.m. Pacific, five p.m. Eastern is the Los Angeles Valiant losing to the Philadelphia Fusion. Three thirty a.m. Pacific, six thirty a.m. Eastern, Guangzhou Charge Soul Dynasty. Five a.m. six eight a.m. Uh, Eastern, Chengdu Hunters Hangzhou Spark. And then uh, to wrap up the weekend of play before we get into the playoffs uh, is uh, 12 noon or uh, 3 p.m. Eastern Saturday, Paris, Los Angeles Gladiators. Titans lose to the fuel at 1.30 p.m. Pacific, 4.30 Eastern. And at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern on Saturday, the San Francisco Shock play the Washington Justice. And again, I'm going to watch this only because I'm genuinely curious what's going on with the Justice. Like, this might have been a solid match. I think the shock are going to show up, but are the justice. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I uh, go ahead. I'm just looking at all the ma- matches. I'm like, well, what is really enticing here? Uh, maybe Guangzhou versus Seoul. Guangzhou has been looking uh, better in this meta. Maybe that's a good, a good map uh, match to watch. Obviously Florida versus Washington will set the tone for, 
what you might expect from them against the fuel. Yeah. But uh, I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention that the uh, matches that we're seeing in Asia are going to be in-person events. Hmm. I didn't know that. Uh, so they are taking place at the Hangzhou Future Sci-Fi, or sorry, Hangzhou Future SciTech City Academic Exchange Center. That's very cool. With crowds? Yes. You can wow. buy tickets. That's awesome. But, uh, I mean, again, the pandemic sort of has, I'm not going to say slowed down. I mean, we've seen areas of the Asia Pacific region that are, are, are seeing upticks, but some yeah. others are significantly struggling, but China has had a, um, a relatively good rollout of their uh, immunization uh, plan and also restrictions have taken place. So we are seeing in-person events uh, in China. So if you're curious and you want to see fans in the stands, uh, wake up early or, or watch one of the encore matches, uh, um, both of which include the Los Angeles Valiant. Now I will surely watch one. See, you know, I wonder, I genuinely wonder, are they showcasing the Los Angeles Valiant as the encore match and matches here because they feel there's still fans in LA that want to watch them? Um, if it was set like long, long ago, then maybe, maybe I, I fail to see the, the other sense in it. Like really like I, I get, okay. I get the Philadelphia fusion side, the, that one match mm-hmm. Philly mm-hmm. LA. Okay. I, I get that. I understand that. Well, but it's but twice. See, yeah. Yeah. The Valiant and spark. Oh like God. that one makes no sense. To Why me. wouldn't you like pick Guangzhou versus Seoul or Chengdu versus Hangzhou? I, I don't get it. Anyhow, is it is uh, what it is. Um, but Sunday, there will be more action as to who's playing who. We won't know until the end of the weekend, obviously, end of Saturday. And uh, what they're doing is they're uh, playing to uh, have the teams in NA go to Hawaii uh, for the, uh, the rest of the June Joust, which uh, we'll obviously talk a little bit about uh, next week. And then uh, Overwatch League uh, returns uh, a few weeks after that. So uh, the Toronto Defiant are likely going to have a, a break similar to what the Vancouver Titans had in the May Melee. And after this weekend, the Vancouver Titans are going to have a break too, unfortunately. Yep. Uh, RSP Pickums. So the Pickums uh, have settled down some after the crazy week. If you aren't a member of the Ready, Set, Pwn a Pickums leaderboard, again, it's super easy to join. You log into the Pickum website, you create your account, you create your picks, you find the Ready, Set, Pwn leaderboard, join it. And when you do, you get in the action and you could be like Sir Dr. JM with 46 points leading the June joust followed uh, two points behind four sheep and Omni strife. You two are tied for second. Sorry. What was that? Uh, it's, it's hard to hear you from up here on the podium. Uh, you are, you are tied for second. Oh, with okay. sheep. Uh, <laughs> I am one point in, with Kevin uh, behind you and sheep at 43. So there's, there is a group of us, but it's, it's a pretty close uh, fight right now between those that are in at the June joust. Uh, if we look at the overall standings, which I, I know you'll want me to do, then uh, you are currently on the podium in third with 135 points behind Kevin and sheep. I am behind you guys at 131 Talbot Alter on very close again. It's, it's very, very close. And again, it's, it's lots of fun. I'm, I'm really enjoying the, the pickums. It's easy yeah. to just go and pick winners, uh, go and def, uh, pick the score. And really where it gets kind of cool is in like the main alien and the June Joe. So you actually have to pick the, the board. That's so. true. It's very fun. Yeah. Uh, the only other news of the, the week to, to talk about is something that uh, took place with the Florida mayhem. Um, if you haven't heard, uh, they are, uh, essentially cutting ties with Semido that he was their uh, partnered streamer. So similar how the Toronto defiant have a uh, content creators in Fran, uh, car and agilities, Florida man, Semido. Uh, but, uh, Semido, um, got upset at someone who had joined his chat and encouraged them to commit self-harm. Mm-hmm. which I'm sorry, you don't do. Uh, he has since come out to apologize, suggesting it was inappropriate. He was heated uh, that he had heard someone else. And it was just a friend of mine. Cause someone else had uh, like told him to commit self-harm, mm-hmm. uh, but then went on to say that he feels that he should not have been banned, that he should have yeah. only been fined. And I'm so sorry. I am glad the floor <laughs> may have banned that. Yeah, people who think that there might be some truth to what he's saying, they need to realize uh, three simple things. One, this is a job. Two, it's a, this is a high-profile public-facing job. And three, 
Apologizing is not a cure-all. I don't get it. Why people think, like, imagine you're at work, right? You're going on to, like, a Zoom meeting with, like, managers and your teammates. And you go on, on this diatribe. You get heated and, and you just tell somebody to just, you know, do self-harm. You think, like, apologizing would save you from losing your job? Really? Not this all. is ridiculous. I don't get why people are so like, well, he did say sorry. Who, who gives well, a crap? This 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 comes back to how the the Toronto Ultra handled the situation that they had had. They they laid down a heavy hand talking about appropriate language, and you know at that time I said I don't care if if, if there are those out there that feel that that's appropriate. It is not, especially when to your point, you look at this as being a job. You are expected to be professional. I understand that there is a culture around gaming, but that doesn't mean that the culture is right. Yeah. And your like, your entire job is to positively reflect on your organization. That's all you have to do. And you did the exact opposite. Exactly. I mean, you know, here's what it comes down to. Does everyone make mistakes? People do. Sure. We are human. We are going to make mistakes. But when you make a mistake, there are always going to be repercussions to the mistake. There is, there is an effect to the, the cause that you have created. Now, has he come out and apologized? Mm-hmm. Kind of. I mean, I, I can't deny that he didn't come out and say, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I said those words. I own it. But when you go and apologize and then say, but I think, you know, it, it was too heavy handed. This is what it should have been. It's, yeah. it's, it's not really my fault. Oh, so your apology really wasn't an apology. Your apology was simply the process that you felt you needed to go through and and to sort of save face with like it's i'm sorry i get worked up about this stuff and again it could be that you know life force is an old man and that's true but we can talk about people respectfully we can treat others with respect um if you got someone in in your chat if you're a content creator young kid or, or or what have you and and they shouldn't be there anymore yeah let them go say hey you're gone. Uh, See ya. Two more small things. Like different positions should be helped to different uh, standards. It's it is what it is. I, you might think it shouldn't be like this, but it is what it is. If somebody who is on like in a public or like a face of a company or something like that will say that, uh, as opposed to someone who's working behind the scenes and 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 he's doing the same uh, offense, and you know it's not publicly streamed or, or displayed there will be different repercussions because it affects your employer more harshly that's one thing and the second one what was the second one? Oh yeah like samito he's not he doesn't have and he doesn't he has a checkered past with being toxic in the past and being very like um very hostile to to other people he plays with or or uh other uh people in the chat with him so it's not like oh it came out of nowhere well maybe it's just a one time thing maybe we can forgive him no because there is there is a record there so it's also something that makes it a bit difference well sure but like on to that point like you can't go and say well i have a, a toxic personality so you have to cut me some slack yeah no. it's the exact opposite <laughs> yeah like yeah, i'm sorry like i i look at the defiant I look at Fran, I look at Agilities, I look at Carq. Um, you know, three people, they're positive, they're 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 easygoing, they're creating a community that is inclusive. And you know, we didn't talk about this, but the uh, Toronto Defiant as a, a community have created a, a community cup for pride that's taking place on June 16th. Essentially a tournament um in support of uh, of Pride and and that's that's awesome. That is that is the type of community gaming should be. It should be one that that is inclusive for everyone of 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 all ages, all all, all identified genders. Um, it, again, it's it's quite simple. It, we're here to play games, have fun. Yeah. And what Samito did is exact opposite. And really, if, if anyone is truly upset about this. Yeah, the guy lost his job with the Florida Man, but he's still a content creator yeah, be who fine. can make a, some some decent coin doing what he does and promoting this toxicity. And there are going to be, unfortunately, many that will rally behind him because of it. And I, again, is it, it, that part drives me nuts, but I understand there's only so much the man can do. And it is, unfortunately, what it is. Yeah.
And there's another thing, like, oh, the, the thing that he specifically said, it should never be taken lightly because, you know, no. he's in a public position. There's a lot of, like, children watching. And, like, you, you don't want to, you know, make it – you don't want to take it lightly. you got to set an example that this can't pass, right? And I just want to also clarify, it, it's whether it's a public position or not, Yeah. So, uh, you know, encouraging self-harm is never appropriate. Um, but I, to the point you're raising, I agree. Like doing it in a in a public forum, significantly worse. Yeah. But that again, the bar is it should never happen, so it gets amplified. Oh well, on on more um, encouraging or or happier news, um, if uh, you have only just started following uh, Ready Set Pwn or tuning into the podcast, uh, we have a Minecraft server. And why I mention this, there has been recent interest in in people taking part, joining the server, uh, hanging out, having a good time. Minecraft's a nice chill game. But uh, if you are interested in uh, in uh, joining the RSP uh, Minecraft server, all of our details are in Discord. It's discord.io slash readysetpwn. Uh, we do operate with a, a whitelist uh, format, so you do need to have your name added to it to play. Uh, it is, at the moment, Titan-centric. And that's because we were, when we fired up the server, a Titans podcast. What I would love to have more of is some defiant themes in there. Um, there is currently a giant Titans logo. So I, I kind of feel that there needs to be a giant Toronto defiant, like that TD, sure. you know, posing opposite to it. And, uh, you know, a little more red and black. So there's a lot of green and blue. <laughs> so if, if you, you know, are simply creative or, or you want to support the Defiant, you just want to, you know, hang out with some chill people, you want to play Minecraft. And I know Toronto Defiant Discord actually had a Minecraft server a, a while back. Um, it's not active right now. The RSP server has been continuing to run. And as I've mentioned in both sort of Titan Score and Defiant Core from time to time, it is there for the community. We are big proponents of what we can do to bring the communities together. And, and it's just a simple way for us to do that. So here we are at the end of uh, another solid episode. Um, the length of which is a little bit uh, longer than I had thought it would be. But uh, as we sort of transition to the sort of the slow period and get into the fact that the Toronto Defiant Event for Titans are probably going to be playing, uh, we might need to, to consider what it is that we're, we're going to chat about uh, but uh, Ani, uh, what final uh, words of wisdom do you have for all of our, our listeners this week? July is named after Julius Caesar. June is not named after Junius Caesar. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I, I, I cannot deal. I, just, I can't deal with you anymore. Too much wisdom, I guess. You, your, your wisdom has broken me. <laughs> um my my words of wisdom to all, to everyone smile it's because it's a much nicer way to uh to frown it's just <laughs> upside down uh but uh if you're looking for the show ready is where we're at we're in every podcast application out there podcatcher and uh and the like so please hit subscribe if you haven't done so already and if there's ever anything you were wanting to to do to help this show out the Best thing that's possible is to tell a friend uh, about it. Uh, word of mouth is a powerful form of marketing, and we would be truly appreciative if you helped us uh, grow our, our community by, by sharing the awesomeness that is RSP with the world. On that note, you, our community, helped us get past 15,000 downloads, which is phenomenal, and we still nice. remain the number one Vancouver Titans podcast and the number one Toronto Defiant podcast on Google. Yeah. Believe me search oh i see what you're doing there by searching it'll trigger even more visits you're a smart one <laughs> catchphrase Thank you.